1: What is the deal? Come on, everybody, wake up! Wake up! Everybody, stretch. Nobody stretching. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, um, I got some exciting news for you. That uh, obviously you just heard a little glimpse of it uh, on new song news, but uh, we're starting kids ministry one week from today, uh, September the sixth, and uh, we have we we've. Um, Just put a lot of effort into it. We haven't wasted our time over the last few months of not having kids' services. We have uh, especially a brand new check-in system that's going to be used. So when you get here, uh, and especially not just for those of you here in the room, but a lot of you are listening online right now, and you're staying home because of your kids, you know that obviously uh, everybody would be distracted, not just you. But you think, man, my kids would go nuts if they sat there for that amount of time. Well, the good news is next Sunday, one week from today, we're going to start kids' ministry, and as you come in, and you normally go kind of near the back to check in. We'll, we'll have three uh, check-in stations. There are um, Apple iPads. That'll be there. And uh, we'll have people teaching you how to use them. It's really simple, really easy. You'll print your your tickets out right there on the spot. And so we can, we can actually check multiple people in all at the same time. And that's going to be up and running uh, by next Sunday morning. And then, of course, uh, Pastor Stephanie, uh, who's playing keyboard this morning, she's also our full-time children's pastor. She's just... Um, put a lot of effort into to not, not just you know the, the, the check-in system and a lot of painting that's been going on as we just gear up, but also just in meeting with a lot of uh, uh, Dream Team members and teachers. And I uh, wanted to let you know that Stephanie will not be teaching in the theater, in the, in the kids' room, the older kids' room, uh, right off the bat. That's still going to be Holly. Holly's going to be doing that. Um, because we really want Stephanie to get to know all of the teachers, get to know all of the kids, and, and just kind of get everything squared away uh, before she takes over a teaching role. And how many know it's just kind of wise to, 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 you don't just throw, throw somebody into a, a, you know, a, a ministry or a task without making sure that they're ready for that. So we're just going to kind of ease her in into kids' ministry and we just thought that was the wise thing to do. And um, so if you're back there checking in your kids and you don't know uh, Pastor Stephanie, make sure you get to know her. Uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful young lady and uh, so excited about having all the young families and kids back a new song. I'm, I'm going through kids withdrawal, everybody. I miss the kids of new song. Typically, we have between the 125 to 150 kids uh, on, on, in, on in, in our kids ministry alone. And everybody, I've just been going through withdrawals. I like kids. That's why I have four of them. But it also might be because I like, like my wife, too. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. Luke chapter 15 is where we're heading. And this is a this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. This is something that comes very, very easy for me. We're in the series, uh, Make a Move, Make a Difference. Last, talk, last week, we talked about making a move to Jesus. Today, we're talking about making a move to towards others. And we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about lost things, things that are lost. Now, I'm not going to tell you out of my four kids, uh, the one that has the tendency uh, to, to be lost. This, this child is in the room right now, and this child knows exactly who he or she is, and they were just their whole life, they're just prone to wander. Anybody ever have a child like that? They were just prone to wander. You look, you're in Walmart, you're looking around like... <gasps> Where are they Where are they and I, I mean mega searches in our world like that we had one child that we were just always looking for. It just seemed like everywhere we went, we were just always looking for this child because Isaiah was just prone to wander everybody is just <laughs> he's just prone to wander and I look back, my wife teases me about this all the time she says she says, you know justin you know he takes after you like you're Mr ADD that's why she calls me Mr ADD and uh you know looking back across the course of my life and my childhood i look back now and say yeah i think that <laughs> i think that was an issue in my life and sometimes it still is okay so uh but you know back then we didn't talk about ADD that we we, we were just prone to wander we were just oh that's justin you know that's just the, the way he is and and uh, i'll tell you something People in life, not just children, but people in life, they are prone to wander. Have you ever noticed that? Prone to wander. And we're going we're gonna to start uh, looking at Luke chapter 15. There are three parables in this chapter. And we're going to look at all three, not, not in detail really, but just give you uh, a glimpse of what Jesus is speaking about in these parables about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son, the prodigal son. And uh, we're going to start at Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering to hear Jesus. What we, can, we could rephrase that is this, everybody. The worst of the worst. The worst of the worst were gathering to hear Jesus. Jesus did not have a problem with the worst of the worst. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man, meaning Jesus, welcomes sinners and he even eats with them. So let's stop right there. We're not going too far in this before we get to something pretty cool. That Jesus is found over and over again in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's found over and over again eating, hanging out with sinners, with tax collectors, with the worst of the worst. Pick a person with the worst reputation, and that's who Jesus was hanging out with. He was always eating with sinners. Can I phrase phrase it like this, everybody? We have and we serve an eating Jesus. How many love it that Jesus was an eating Jesus? He just loved to eat. We're talking barbecue mutton, everybody. That was his favorite. He loved to go over to people's houses and eat dinner with people who were the worst of the worst. In fact, we're we're it's we're only a couple of verses in this and I have something so important to teach you that Jesus was always with sinners. He was always able to look past the problem and see the person. I'm going to say it again. He was always able to look past their problem and see the person. While the Pharisees and the religious people of that day, they couldn't see past the problem in order to see the person. They only saw the problem. That's why they were muttering, there's Jesus eating with sinners, with tax collectors, with the worst of the worst. Why is Jesus hanging out with those who have so many problems? But Jesus never stopped, never stopped at the problem. He always made his way to the person. He always made his way to the person. New Song, can I tell you something? that in this life as you mature in Christ and grow in tr- in Christ one of the things that happens in a lot of churches across this nation and around the world as people mature in Christ all of a sudden they come they become religious Instead of being, instead of having this relationship with Christ that that is, is fresh and it's new and it's, I mean, not new. It's 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 something that they're maturing in and they're discovering new things about them all the time. And they stand in amazement about the Lord Jesus Christ that we're meant to have this relationship. But a lot of people become religious. They just become religious. And then all of a sudden, as they've matured in the Lord, and they stopped using certain words, and they stopped dressing certain ways, and they gave up, gave up certain habits. All of a sudden, when people come in, when they're around sinners, when they're around the worst of the worst, because of their religion, they look at each other and say, can you believe him? Can you believe her? Can you believe that person? I, I remember in, 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 a, uh, in Milwaukee, Uh, We had this like trash can, and in this trash can was like um, a place where you could put cigarette butts inside of the tra- you know, it's a trash can on top and then it had that little area on the side that you could put cigarette butts in did you know that that bothered a lot of people in the church because they were only looking at problems they weren't looking at people well pastor I don't think it's right that we have a place for people to put out their cigarette butts, cigarette butts right in front of the church doors they, they shouldn't be smoking and we're like are you crazy are you crazy first of all the Bible doesn't talk about cigarettes. So I say this, everybody. I don't know that people that smoke are going to go to hell. They might just get to heaven faster than the rest of us. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it's not wise, but come on, everybody. Come on. Come on. Like, like, I just can't. Could you believe that lady smoking right next to the front door? Yeah, that's awesome. Let's go get her and bring her in. Hey, that's cool. I'm just glad she's here today. I'm I'm glad she's ready to worship Jesus. Could you believe that couple had that fight out in the parking lot? I heard them as I was coming in. They, They couldn't even get to church without having an argument. Hey, welcome them in. Like, let's love them. Obviously, they need to be taught the word of God. Did you know? here in New Song, we've had several fights out in the parking lot when our safety team members had to go out there and break some people up. You know what I'm talking about? How many love that about our church? I love that about our church. Because there's people who are hurting, and they're hopeless, and they're helpless. and, and and, And they want to hear about the things of God. And everybody, problems don't bother me. Because I can look past the problem, and I can see the person. And that person is valuable to God. That person is valuable to God. So a lot of things, a lot of times, people go past a relationship with Jesus, and they get into this point of religion, religion, uh, uh, relig- uh, just religious beliefs that these, 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 how do I say it? These, these laws that they create in themselves in order to govern everybody around them, and they look at the worst of the worst. And they're like, oh boy, they're terrible. Can I tell you something? Don't look at people through the lens of their problems. Don't look at people like that. Just look at the people. The most vile of sinners is extremely valuable to God. That's only two verses in the book of Luke chapter 15. Let's go to, chat, let's go to 15 verse 3, third verse now. Okay, ready? It says, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. How many know that sheep stink? You ever been around sheep? I have. They stink. One of the last things I would want to do is put a sheep around my shoulder. Like ugh. But he's like, no, no, no. This is this is my sheep. It was it was personal. To Jesus as he's telling him. he's talking about sheep that are that he, he personally loves he personally pursues so he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home and then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me I have found my lost sheep very personal to Jesus I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let me teach you something about sheep. The first thing is they're dumb. They really are. They're sheep are dumb. And 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 of course, when we went to Israel, they talked a lot about sheep. While we were there, and I found this to be so interesting. Things that, that we think in America, we have sheep figured out. Nah, we really don't. You don't really know the, f- the, the fullness of the teaching when the Bible talks about sheep. It, it, unless you come, unless you have that, those roots in your life. So, so number one, write this down. Like sheep, some lost people. Let's stop right there. Lost people means people who just don't know Jesus. It's Christianese for people who just don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, you're lost. You're lost. But when you find Jesus, when you discover Jesus and trust Jesus as Savior, you are then found. You are then found, okay? So, like some, or like sheep, some lost people, they just simply wander away. They they just wander away. And here's, here's the reason first of all, they're not paying attention to the danger. And this is where a lot of Christians struggle because you see people around you that are lost, and 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 they make bad choices over and over. How many of know somebody? You know somebody who just makes bad choices over and over and over again. They just don't know how to. They they wouldn't know how to make a good choice if their life depended upon it. Right? I mean, they just make bad choices over and over. And over again. And there's a lot of Christians who say, well, serves them right. They get in trouble, serves them right. Are they going to get in trouble? I hope so. Serves them right. Maybe then they'll learn the lesson that they're meant to learn. But Jesus is telling a story. He's saying, hey, I know about sheep. I know they're prone to wander. I know they're not very smart, but I'm going to pursue that sheep because that sheep is, is, is valuable to me. So they're not paying attention to danger. Here's another thing. They're not thinking about their future. The sheep doesn't think about its future. It doesn't do that. It only lives in the moment. Here's why. They're just satisfying the flesh. That's what sheep do. They just satisfy the flesh. They're focused on their feeding and not their direction. And what, what that means is when, when, when shepherds talk about sheep that wander, that are just prone to wander, the, the sheep is just eating grass. It's eating food. And then it, it looks around and it sees another portion of food over there. Well, that looks like good grass and it just goes there. And then he gets there. Well, that looks like good grass and he goes there. And he's always feeding, always grazing. And he's not thinking about danger. He's not thinking about the future. He's just satisfying the flesh. He is literally just focused on the feeding and not on his direction. And if the shepherd isn't paying attention, the sheep will wander as they satisfy the flesh. And it's the same thing that happens in the lives of people. There are so many people out there who are lost and they're just living to satisfy the flesh. Let me show you this in scripture, Philippians three eighteen and 19. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. Like this really bothers me. That there are many whose conduct shows they're actually enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. And it's not that they want to be destroyed. They're just not thinking about the future. And they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. Meaning, just like sheep, they're just satisfying the flesh. They're they're just focused on their feeding and not on their direction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. They're not thinking about eternity. They're not even thinking about next week. They're only thinking about what's going to satisfy the flesh right now. I know, I know people, in fact, I have family members, that their, 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 their weekly goal is to plan a great weekend. Their weekly goal is, man, can't wait till this Friday, can't wait till this Saturday, because I'm going to go out, I'm going to party, I'm going to get drunk, I'm going to have lots of fun with all of my friends, and they're not thinking about next week, they're not thinking about next month or next year. They're only living in the moment. They're trying to satisfy fleshly desires thankfully a lot of those family members have come to their senses and said that's just not the way to live life that's not the way to live i thought it was going to bring me happiness and it really didn't i thought it was going to bring me joy but it really didn't how come i'm still empty on the inside see there's a, there's a there are lost people and their god is their appetite they just live for what the flesh desires So they live for drunkenness and they live for sex and and they, they, they live for wrong friendships and wrong relationships because their God is their appetite. And if it feels good, I just want to do it. And Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he says, when I think about those people, I have tears in my eyes when I think about those people. But some of you here in this room, you know exactly what I've talked about. You have wept over people who are just lost. They just wander. They, they try to follow their, their appetite. Their God is their appetite. And you've wept. But there's some other people that might be in this room and you're so filled with religion. Well, I hope they get what they deserve. I hope they, I hope they get caught. Can I tell you, that is not the heart of Christ. He's the one that's teaching this parable. It is not the heart of Christ. His heart is to seek and save that which is lost. So, let's not think too highly of ourselves as if you've always been perfect because you haven't and you're not now know what I'm talking about if you're perfect in the room raise your hand oh good I'm so glad that all of us agree that we're not perfect okay that there is hope for our nation amen amen okay number two like the coin even one lost person is too many that's what the coin is going to teach us even one lost person is too many So here we go back in Luke chapter 15, verse 8, to the next parable. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And Jesus is teaching something else. Hey, listen, I got another story for you, and this creates a party in heaven. This creates a party of heaven. When 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 we talk about the lost coin, what we're really saying is it's that one person who is lost is one too many. That one person who is lost is one too many. I'm going to break this down for you in, in in our setting, in our surrounding, right here in Plymouth in Marshall County. And now, now I'm going to tell you. I've already done the math. I've already went through the numbers, and I'm going to, I'm going to teach you what I think are the high side of the numbers. But our community, let's say, is is twelve thousand people right now. And it, it, I don't know it exactly, but it's somewhere in there, about twelve thousand people in Plymouth. Now, out of out of that. Number of people there are between forty seven and fifty churches somewhere in that amount uh, that 's a lot of churches, right a lot of churches now there 's no church in in this community that has over a thousand members there's there's a couple of us that are getting closer, but nobody has over a thousand members but but let 's say everybody let 's just say um, that that um that the four biggest churches have 2,000 people altogether on average. In fact, let's just say 3,000 people, just for the sake of numbers. Well then, let's, let's, take, let's take the other 45, 46 churches and let's just pretend that all of those churches average 100 people. I think, in fact, there are a lot of churches here in Plymouth that don't, don't even average close to that. But let's say that that's the average then what we're looking at is somewhere between... Well, let let me say this first then. Now, that's just the average of church attendees. That's taking for granted that every single church member in every single Bible-believing church here in our community is passionately devoted to Jesus. Now, is that accurate? No. I think there are a lot of people in, in churches in Plymouth today that they're just there because their, their children want them to be or their spouse wants them to be, and they're not in an active relationship with the Lord. So my best guess estimate is somewhere around 6,000 people need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, are lacking a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That means about 6,000 people in Plymouth are lost, I think that that's a problem. That's probably a solid number, and if that ratio plays out for our county, in our county there are forty four thousand people in our county, give or take. But let's say that twenty two thousand people within a twenty five minute drive of New Song don't know Jesus. They are lost. How many know that Bible believing churches here in this community in this county? that we are called to reach the 6,000 and to reach the 22,000 with the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the calling upon every Bible-believing church. How many would agree with that today? Okay, so you might say, hey, our church is doing awesome. I mean, we're, we're really doing well. I mean, we, we've been seeing great stuff. we baptized, you know, almost 500 people since we started the church. Hey, we're doing great. Well, this is the, this is the, the point of the lost coin, one of the points is that one lost person is one too many so so should we ever be satisfied should we ever be satisfied as a church as long as there's one person who is still lost the answer is no like, I am so grateful for the move of God here at New Song and in, and in other Bible-believing churches here in, in our city and in, in our county. I'm so grateful for the move of God, but one lost person is one too many. But I think there's a lot of churches that look at themselves and say, hey, we're doing pretty good. What if the woman, what if the woman in, in Jesus' parable said, hey, you know what, 9 out of 10 ain't bad. I mean, 9 out of 10, that's pretty good. I'm still doing pretty good. Jesus made it a point to say, no, guess what she did? Nine out of 10 wasn't good enough. In fact, she started sweeping the house. She, the Bible says she searched carefully. You know what that meant? That she tore her house apart trying to find the one. Trying to find the one. Because one lost coin and one lost person is one too many. When was the last time that you've been passionate about the one? That God just put one person on your heart, and you said, I'm going to give them my life until they come to know Jesus. So I have projects all over. Sometimes people come to me in church, and they say, hey, do you know so-and-so? I say, do I know them? They're one of my projects. I've been trying to win them to Jesus for several years now, and I'm making headway and then I'll tell them the good news of how i'm of how I'm reaching them and how I'm talking with them because I have projects all over the town in fact, there are people that I'm not going to say their names right now because they're they're no doubt either in the room or listening online I don't want to embarrass them, but there are a lot of people that I just made an investment in over the course of time, and I'll teach you about this in a second and and they they eventually came to Christ because I, I just I just knew in my heart that they were valuable and God just, God just brought them to my attention and gave me the opportunity to win them for the cause of Christ and for the expansion of his kingdom and his family. See, one lost person is one too many. Can I tell you, we have, we have no competition here in, in, in Plymouth and in Marshall County with other churches. That I believe every Bible believing church here in this community and in Marshall County should be a mega church. I believe that. I want, I want, I long for every church in this county and even in north central Indiana, I long for them to be mega churches. That they would be baptizing people by the dozens and dozens. And dozens. Wouldn't that be a cool thing if revival swept across north central Indiana and the lost came to know Jesus as Savior? Wouldn't that be awesome? See, it's not a competition. We're all in, we're all trying to do the same thing and win lost people for Jesus. Can I tell you something, everybody? I, when it's been a rough twenty twenty for all of us. No doubt for all of us. I too have had a rough 2020, but maybe for different reasons. Of course, you know, at the, in this past December I lost my dad and I've been grieving over that. And that was significant. And, and there's just been a lot of stresses in life and in ministry. And, but you know, pre covid New Song had so much momentum, and we were seeing so much growth and salvations and baptisms, and we were getting ready to go to three services just, just for the sake of crowd control and parking control. And we added the new parking lot out there that, that we're, we're still going to be asphalting in the next uh, couple of months. We're going to get that finished out there. And, and um, we're just. did you know that somewhere around 850 people called New Song their church home? Uh, there's about 850 new singers out there, and, and, and the work, and the prayer, and the tears, and the laughter, and the joy that my wife, have, my wife and I have invested in New Song, because obviously we planted it. In fact, did you know that last week was our 16th birthday, everybody? New Song is 16 years old. Isn't that cool? Happy birthday to us. So things are really hopping. Things are really moving. And then we had that big dream team party where all the dream team members gathered at Christos and we just treated you guys to a big banquet and we ran out of t-shirts. By the way, they're in now. We can start giving those away to you. We've just been waiting until uh, everybody starts coming back and we'll start giving those t-shirts out that we didn't give before. And we had well over 200 people show up at that banquet. and that, those are, That's 200 people that are just serving those are just the people on dream teams. How many love our dream teams and are excited about that amount of people working for the glory of God, doing something big together, isn't that cool? And so we had all this momentum and all of a sudden that night of the dream team party, that's when I was talking to a member of our church here who's also the county nurse and she said, by the way, the governor just put out this and we have to drop it down to this amount of people and then by the end of the night, we've, we had figured out that that coming Sunday we weren't gonna be able to have services in house that we were going to have to go online, and all of a sudden, church, as we knew it, had just stopped, and we were scrambling to make it happen and and obviously, we did, and then we kept getting better at it as we went along and and what i didn 't know, I can explain it to you now because i, I hit I hit this this place in my life, I was already grieving over my father, but the grief just became more and I couldn't figure it out. Like, what's wrong with me? And my wife was saying, Hey, what's wrong with you? And I'd say, I don't know. You know what, maybe. And I just kept saying, I, I think it's still the loss of my, my dad. And then I started putting it together. It wasn't just grieving over my father, it was also grieving over New Song. Because I've, I've invested a very large portion of my life. In fact, well over 30% of my life, I've invested right here in Plymouth, and I've invested a in new song, poured my heart into it, and my wife and I have ached for you, and prayed for you, and worked for you, and served you, and, and, and just, just did everything that we could to remove anything that would keep this church from growing, and, and, and we were just seeing, and all of a sudden, it just came to nothing. It was just, it was just, it was nobody. Nobody. And nobody was coming in, And I'm a people person. i got to be around people. You know what I'm saying? Like some of you are thinking, you're weird. I love people. I just do. And I realized I was just grieving. Grieving that I couldn't be around my family. I I was grieving that the momentum that we had and the work that the Lord was doing, all of a sudden it just stopped. And I started getting angry. Not at you. At the devil. I was so mad at the devil. How dare you? This is the people of God. This is the church. We are meant to increase and not decrease. You know what I'm talking about? Like I just viewed it. This is spiritual warfare. This is, I I mean, I started going to battle with the devil and like, you're not going to have your way here and I'm fighting you and I'm opposing you and I'm rejecting you and and in the middle of that, I was just grieving. You know why, everybody? You know why? Because one thing that God has taught me almost more than anything else is that people are valuable. People are valuable. People are valuable. Love people. Do you? Pastor, they get on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah, You don't think they, I can tell you stories, everybody. I look at people in the eye sometimes and say, listen, don't do that. Please don't do that. It's just not wise. And here's biblical proof. And then what do they do? They go out and do it anyway. And sometimes the pastor wants to stand up here and just stop it. Like that video says of that pastor that we showed years ago. A pastor comes out in the pulpit. He says, you're making me look Bad in front of God, you know, like, just stop it, you know. That's how you feel sometimes because, because people will disappoint you. But, but I know that every single person I've ever met with will ever meet in my life, all of you in this room, you are so valuable to God. Every person listening online, you're so valuable to God. Luke 15 proves this. Luke 15, starting in verse 17 like the father we never stop looking for the lost we never stop looking for the lost and this is the story of the prodigal son and i'm just going to read you a part of this this is starting in luke 15 verse 17 when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here i am starving to death this is again the prodigal son He said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, he was still a long way off. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he... Kissed him. Let's just stop right there. The eyes of the father were searching for him because while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. He saw him because he was valuable to him. And I think what happens in our life, we get so distracted by life and things and jobs and stuff and and, and projects that we stop seeing the value of people. And yet you see it in your family all the time. It's easy to consider your family valuable, but then sometimes we just kind of stop there. Well, we might think our friends are valuable, but we just stop looking a long way off. We stop looking outside of our circle of influence. We're just so self-engaged. You, you know, I was thinking about this. When you consider somebody really valuable, you fight for them, don't you? When they're valuable to you, you fight for them. You, you know, I, 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 my wife is a mama bear, everybody. She's a mama bear, and we have four cubs. And sometimes I've had to tell my wife, "Oh, back down, back down, back down. Well, I'm going to call up that teacher. They're menstruating, I'm gonna call up their coach. No, you're not. You're gonna back down. You know, like we're not gonna do that. But she's fighting, fighting for her children. Like when you're, if if your children are mistreated, don't you want to stand up and say, "You will not mistreat my child"? Like right? Like that's they're valuable to us. We do that because they're valuable to us, because we want the best for them. The problem is. That sometimes we consider our family valuable, and then sometimes friends valuable, and sometimes church members valuable, but we kind of stop right there, and anything outside of our circle of influence, anything out there other than our, our, our family and our friends, all of a sudden they're not very valuable because we're not looking in their direction. We don't see them a long way off because we don't consider them as valuable as they really are. But the same way that you as a mom or dad would fight for your child and defend your child, can I tell you, that's, that's what God does to every child, every person in the entire world. He defends every person, he longs for every person, he fights for every person, just like you fight for your son or your daughter or your grandchildren or your loved ones because nobody is outside his circle of influence. He sees them all. And I think think God would want us to have a change in our vision that we see people through the lens of those just around us, just our immediate loved ones, our friends, our family members, and and God is saying, no, 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 I I want you to look. I want you to look at the harvest because it's so big, but the laborers are so few. What would it look like if you fought for the people that you don't know? For the people that you come in contact with that you don't know? What if you fought for that person that you work with that annoys you to, to no end? You mean that person? Oh, pastor, you don't know them, but they are valuable to God. They're valuable to God. My wife and I have, Met some people here in this town, and we're like, man, they're kind of weird. Like, not just different, but they're kind of weird. Like, just, and can I tell you something? Doesn't that just prove the fact that they need Jesus? I mean, that they just need Jesus? See, people are valuable. And the way that you would protect your children is the way that God is trying to protect every single person in the world. He's fighting for every single person in the world and he wants his family, that's us, he wants his family to join him in the fight, to fight for people, to fight for the lost, to defend the weak, to comfort those who have no hope who are feeling helpless. He wants us to help in the fight, to go after the loss. You know why? Because they're valuable to it. You know why? Because one lost person is one too many. Do you know why? Because we don't look at people's problems, we look at the person who's in the problem, who's in the middle of the problem, maybe even who creates their own problem. We're looking at the person. Jesus always, always looked at the person and never the problem. That's what he did. That's why he was always around sinners. He was always around sinners. When was the last time you went out of your comfort zone and you engaged in a relationship with somebody who didn't know Jesus. I, I heard something, um, and I, I believe it, I, I'm not exactly for sure who, who said this, so I better watch my words here, but somebody said that a lot of people put, they put such barriers on the front door of their heart. Their heart is so guarded. It's like, it's built like a fortress. The walls just aren't coming down. They're just so hard-hearted that you can't really break in. You can't really. And he said, when you see somebody whose heart is guarded in the front, always use the back door. And what he was meaning by this is, there are some people that are so hard-hearted, you're not, going to be able, you're not going to be able to get to them, to reach them, to encourage them, to bring them to Christ L- like you, you might think. You, you only can do that through the back door of relationship. Relationship. Let, let me say it like this, everybody. When, when and I've, I've been to a lot of, uh, of, actually, I'm looking across the room, and there's a lot of houses, a lot of your homes that I've been in. Some Obviously, some I haven't, but a lot of I, I have. And 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 you know something about when you when you have close friends and family, like the postman or the postwoman might use the front door, but that's not where the family entrance is. The family entrance is the back door, or it's the side door, or you just go through the garage. So there some people that that when I go to their house, I don't have to use the front door because we're in. Relationship. They don't expect me to use the front door. That, that's, where, that's the door that people use who don't know them. They go through the front door. No, no, no. Pastor, when you get here, just come around back. It, you know, in, 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 in Oklahoma, it was always, oh, you just come on in. Just come around back. You know, just, just oh, no, just, we, don't, we never use that front door. Just come in over here. Just use the side door. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, when you use the side door or the back door, you're in relationship with somebody. That's when you're in a relationship with somebody. And 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 this teacher was saying, hey, listen, when the front of their heart is so heavily guarded and they're not letting anybody in, don't use the front door, use use the back door, use use the side door, and it means get in such a relationship with them that eventually they'll, they'll let you into their life, they'll let you into their heart, they'll let you into their home. And I have projects that I'm working on right now. I, I shouldn't say projects. I, I, People that I'm trying to win to Jesus. Lots of them that I'm just trying to win to Jesus. And I've realized the only way I can win them to Jesus is just to be their friend first. Just to build a relationship to the point where they, they say to me, Justin, just, just come around back. Just use the side door from now on. Like, like it's, just, it's just me. It's just you. We, we can be... And then when I become a friend with them, and they know me and love me, and I know them and love them. All of a sudden, we start talking about the things of God, and I'm not just inviting them to church. I'm inviting them to Christ. So I go through the back door. I go through the back door, and the back door is all about relationship. The best way to win somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ is through relationship. Why do you think Jesus was an eating Jesus? Why do you think he went... To, to the guy that's in the tree and he says oh Zacchaeus come on down I'm coming to your house man I'm, I'm in the mood for some barbecue you know what I'm saying like why did you? because he knew it was about relationship relationship the bumper sticker on the back of your car is not going to win somebody to Jesus it's not how it works I'm not against bumper stickers. But it's not going to win somebody to Jesus. Nobody's going to stop at a stop sign and see your bumper sticker and say, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I see that little fish and it really ministers to me right now. I'm sorry if you have a fish on the back of your car. I'm not against fish on the back of your car. I'm not against bumper stickers. And I think we we should be proud about our relationship with Jesus in the right way. We should be proud about that, but it's about relationship. Everybody with me, everybody with me. Who's lost that you know of that doesn't know Jesus? Who's lost that you know of that needs Jesus? And can you just build a relationship with him and just find some common interest and just love on them for who they are and just say, hey, if you never change, I'm going to love you anyway. And you don't say that necessarily with words, you just say that with your actions. You say that with, with, with comments that you that you'll make, some encouragement that you'll offer them. And just just live life with them. And I'm telling you, you'll win some people to Jesus. You know, my, my mother, my mother um, just texted yesterday and she said, Justin, this is a great example of it. She said, Justin, can I borrow your power washer? And I said, of course, I said, well, yeah. Do you even know how to use that? Like, it's it's my mom. You know what I'm talking about? Like she's, well, she's not young anymore. She's been young for a very long time. And she said, yeah, I I power washed our house and Couch. I think, well, that was like 15 years ago, you know. And I said, why don't you just let, I said, if you need something, why don't you just let me and Isaiah do it? She says, no, I want to do it. She said, I, I, I know of somebody who just needs to be showing the love of Jesus, and I want to be the one. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, my, my mom would use a power washer for Jesus. How many don't, don't know what I'm talking about? And what she's saying is, I'm just building a relationship with that person. I just want them to know I love them, you know? And actually, it wasn't her. It was actually uh, apparently a couple people working on the same person. I don't know. She wouldn't even give me names. I don't even know who, who it is. And at the end of it, I said, Mom, uh, it, of course, It's yours. You know, I'm gonna to have to teach her how to use it first. But it's hers. See, see, when I'm talking about relationship. It's going through the back door. It's going through the back door, and just loving them anyway, building relationship with them anyway. If you're lost today, can I tell you today's a great day to give your life to Jesus. If you're lost today, be found. Come to Jesus, and it's literally so simple. Just Jesus save me take over my life. I surrender to you. And Jesus will. And for the rest of us, let's take that message of Jesus to the lost. Let's find somebody who doesn't know Jesus and win him into the kingdom. Don't just invite him to church. Invite him to Christ. And let's live for the glory of his name. Let's make a move in order to make a difference. Amen. You received the word of the Lord today, yes or no? All right, bow your heads with me. Is there anybody in this room? You know that today you're lost, but you want to invite Jesus into your life. You're ready to be found, you're ready to be saved. You want to be a part of the family of God and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him with your life. Without anybody looking around, if that's you, just hold your hand up really high. Let me see who you are. Is there anybody? All right, put your hands down. Thank you so much. So proud of you. We're going to pray about that right now. Dear Jesus, made so many mistakes, bad decisions. I've sinned against you. And I realize my need for a savior. And I'm inviting you into my life right now. I surrender to you wholeheartedly and I trust you Jesus as my Lord as my Savior help me to follow you all of the days of my life and I commit myself to you and I confess with my mouth with my heart as an act of worship and humility Jesus you our Lord, you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, for the rest of us, can we stand up together? Actually, everybody stand together, and um, we're going to pray. I have just a special prayer that we're all going to pray. Can we just open up our hands toward heaven as we finish this? Heavenly Father, we come before you just in adoration. Thank you for saving us. Father, I pray that you would give increase to New Song Church and to every Bible-believing church in this community, in this county, more than we could ever think or imagine. Father, give us increase. Give us the lost. Father, we pray for our inheritance. Give us lost people. Jesus, one of the greatest joys of my life will be seeing you face-to-face one day in heaven. But another great joy... Will be seeing people that I won, that I that I reached, that I invited into the family of God, and they came. They heard your voice and they came. And I got to see them transformed and changed by your love and by your grace and your mercy. What a great joy that will be, Father. Lord, for my inheritance. I'm not interested in jewels. I'm not interested in the gold streets of heaven necessarily. Not interested in my mansion that you're making for me. I'm far more interested in lost people coming to know you. For my inheritance, God. I, I'm g- glad that you're preparing a place. I, I thank you for, for for preparing a place, but Father, for my inheritance, give me the lost. I pray. Give us the lost. Help us to value people the way that you value people. Lord, help us to look outside of our circle of influence and look a long way off and see people who are in need of a Savior and help us to make a difference in their life as we make a move towards them. Father, I pray that their hearts would be open. You'd give them ears to hear your voice. And Father, you'd give us the lost. And we call them in, Lord. We call them in, Father. Empower us through your spirit, through your word and through your presence to make a difference in this life, in this community, in this county. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ.
0: As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.